Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 29 through 42. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend, and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following He said to them, what are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first, found, he first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I don't know when I first heard it, but it was written by Roberta Flack and recorded on her album First Take in 1995. She sings it with a meditative, almost plaintive mood. As I read her words aloud to you, I cannot help but bring a harder edge. I told Jesus, be all right if you change my name. I told Jesus, be all right if you changed, if you changed my name. I told Jesus, be all right, be all right, be all right. I told Jesus, be all right. If you change my name, if you change my name. Then he told me, he said, the world will turn away from you, child, if I change your name. Yes, he told me, said, the world will turn away from you, child, if I change your name. 
I told Jesus, be all right, be all right, be all right. I told Jesus, be all right if you change my name. Then he told me, he said, your father won't know you, child, if I change your name. Yes, he told me, he said, your mother won't know you, child, child, if I change your name. But I told Jesus, I said it would be all right, be all right, be all right. If my father turns away now, if my mother turns away now, my brother, my baby sister, turn away, turn away. I told Jesus, be all right if you change my name. Change my name if he change my name. It's not just the New Testament in which biblical characters undergo a change of name, symbolic of the change of heart or mind, direction, or call that has come to them. At age 75 and 65, respectively, Abram and Sarai are called by God to receive the blessing of land, descendants, and nationhood to become the people who would bear the name of God and through whom all the peoples of the earth would be blessed. Thereafter, Abram and Sarai came to be called Abraham and Sarah, the names by which we remember and revere them. After wrestling with an angel into the wee nights of the morning, emerging both blessed and limping, their grandson is given a new name from Jacob, which means the one who grabs for the heel, to Israel, which means the one who strives with God. Less known to us, but no less important, is the mother-in-law in the book of Ruth, Naomi, who after losing her Moabite husband, her two Moabite sons, in the land of Moab, to which she has migrated from Israel, returns home to Bethlehem with a message of defeat and dissent. Call me no longer Naomi, she says, which means pleasant, but call me Mara, which means bitter. For the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. Changes of name do not cease with the opening of the New Testament. The two figures who lead Christianity from being a small sect within Judaism to becoming a religion that will help define the culture of the world even to our day, especially in the West, also receive a change of name at the hands of a naming God. Seeing a light from heaven flashing around him and hearing a voice, a precocious young man within Judaism experiences the risen Christ. And a few chapters later, his name is changed from Saul to Paul as he is commissioned to spread the good news of the resurrection throughout the Greco-Roman world. And earlier in the passage we read today, when Simon is brought to Jesus by his brother Andrew, Jesus looks at Simon and says, 
You are Simon, son of John. You are now to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter, and which means rock. Jesus later will tell Simon, on this rock I will build my church. I told Jesus, be all right if he changed my name. Now, in some ways, I'm not the right one to be talking with you about a change of name. For I was born into this faith and it has remained with me rock-like for as long as I can remember. I haven't wrestled directly with an angel nor heard the voice of God speaking directly to me. Yet I've seen people changed in ways that are beautiful and powerful So beautiful and so powerful, in fact, that I cannot help but attribute it to God. I've seen people like Naomi move from blessedness to bitterness and from bitterness to blessedness. I've seen people like Abraham and Sarah set out on a God-driven journey of whose endpoint or destination they had no idea at the time of their departure. I have at times wrestled indirectly with God and like Jacob, emerged blessed and limping, limping and blessed. And I have even seen, occasionally, decently and in order Presbyterians Be so moved by the Spirit of God, sometimes in quiet ways, sometimes in ways that are greatly dramatic, that even if they keep their own name, they emerge radically different and deeper people. I told Jesus it'd be all right if he changed my name. I've also been privileged to see people change their hearts and minds, their view of the world, their view of themselves, their view of faith, their view of our country, their view of scripture from which we in the church consider all our changes. I've seen people no longer view Scripture as a book dominated by judgment and severity and instead come to see the book as being as open to people where they are as its pages are open on a coffee table or a library stand. I've seen people change their views of who can experience human love in ways that are genuine, beautiful, Blessed, legal. I've seen people change their views to accept that war is sometimes a necessary response to human destructiveness and to come to see that it should nearly always be the last response after all other attempts have turned up empty. And I've seen people change their views on what it means, what it truly means, that all men are created equal. That in Christ there is no longer Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, 
for all are one in Christ Jesus. And that people will come from east and west and north and south and sit at table in the kingdom. The man whose birth our nation commemorates this weekend, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., received a name at birth that he inherited from his father that stayed with him for 39 years, but led so many others to change their names. He had the most remarkable ability of anyone since Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass to speak the language of the Bible and the language of the Declaration of Independence as if they were his native tongue and as if they could become ours. At various times in my life, I've had on my wall or on my desk in a small black frame a black and white photo of the iconic posters held high in my hometown when I was a young teenager, I am a man. Dr. King went a long way to leading all of us to be able to say, I am a man. I am a woman. I am a human being. And once we are able to say that, we're then able to say, and so are you. While the road ahead for us on which he placed our feet is still strewn with fallen trees and seemingly immovable boulders lying ahead, we have come a long way in accepting many changes that are worthy of a change of name. I told Jesus, be all right, if he changed our name. And when Roberta Flack wrote her song, she knew well that Abraham and Sarah and Naomi and Peter and Paul came to experience adorned with their new names a challenge. The change doesn't come easy. Change rarely involves a unanimous vote on part of the community bringing the change. And change rarely involves a unanimous vote within the family in which we are reared. And during the decades and even centuries that it takes for change to unfold, It leaves behind many who suffer and struggle as the change is waiting to be born. If you go back and read Genesis and do your maps and your math, which is something of a challenge, Abraham and Sarah journeyed across nearly 700 miles of desert And it took 25 additional years of life before their only son, Isaac, was born to them at age 190, respectively. And then they quickly saw their family become irreparably estranged, estranged from one another over God's inscrutable command that Abraham sacrifice Isaac 
and over Abraham's inscrutable willingness to obey until God intervened with a different set of orders at the last minute. Likewise, Isaac's son Jacob emerged blessed from his wrestling match with an angel, but he also emerged with a lifelong limp by which he is remembered liturgically in the Jewish faith. And as a hymn from my youth and childhood reminds us, Peter, who hauled the teeming sail head down, was crucified. As Roberta Flack sings, he said, the world will turn away from you, child, if I change your name. The world will turn away from you, child, if I change your name. Your father won't know you, child. Your mother won't know you, child. My baby brother, baby sister, turn away, turn away. Yet I told Jesus, be all right if he changed my name. Three trees on Calvary. The balcony of the Lorraine Motel. The many places that Christians known and unknown lose their lives or give up their lives because of what they believe, because of what they stand for, because of what they fight for, because they seek to change the world around them that it might come a little bit closer to what they believe is the way and will of God. They remind us that the change of name we experience at the hands of Jesus Christ runs much deeper for our lives and in our world than mere nomenclature. I told Jesus, be all right if he changed my name.